Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. What's going on, friends? Oh, should we start off with our news? Our news about what's happening on Friday? Oh, ask us anything. Yeah, absolutely. You go ahead and announce it. Okay, so we've done this before. Longtime podcast listeners, you know. Uh, and for those that don't know, every now and again, we like to do something called an Ask Anything podcast. And it's because, and you guys are so sweet for it, because I kind of, honestly, doing this job, I tend to forget that people, like, want to know a little bit more about us or are curious about something that we're doing or our lives in general, or maybe they just have a question they want advice on. And any of those things any of those things matter here. What we like to do is an Ask Anything podcast. So you can send us a DM if you have a question. You can comment on our FM station. Uh, both actually will have them. Um, by later on today, you're going to get it on a 93.1 Fresh FM's Instagram page and also on the Beats Instagram page. It's on there too. You can ask the question there and then we answer. It's as simple as that. Now, will we will at least address it? whatever your questions are, and then we'll answer it as best we can. And Dave Blizzard joins us on Friday, so I believe he's going to join us for that too. It's funny because ever since we started doing the new evening show, we've had a lot of people in the GTA who can get that station who are just hearing us on the radio again for the first time in like three years because they haven't made the switch to a Kitchener station, which I totally understand. It's a little out of the way. It's like an hour west of Toronto. So people are wondering, hey, how the hell did you guys end up doing an evening show on that station mm-hmm. when I used to hear you mornings in Toronto. Well, there was a step in between, and we can answer any questions you want about that. You can ask anything. That's it, why we call it that. It is. Uh, already getting some questions, and I'm like, oh, really? The you first guys- question I got is, how much more are they paying you guys? Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, oh, yeah. fuck, I can't answer that. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> That's right in the contract. We can't say. I got a lot of questions for myself about what we kind of talked about before, and really, it's uh, what I think is kind of cool is, because it's out there to the world pretty much as the time this podcast is out. But you guys, just so you know, podcast listeners, loyal to the soil listeners, you guys have known before any anyone else about the TikTok thing. But those are the always the number one questions I get asked. Is that you on TikTok? It sounds just like you. And it's not is it you is one of them. And then the podcast listeners know. So the questions I get regarding it, um, how it came to be, what I had to do, what my current relationship is, uh, how I feel about this or that, the next thing. So I can address all of those. Um, and then any questions for Dave, please ask as well. All right. I have a feeling his will be more tame just because he's such a sweetheart. <laughs> I think it's because he's yeah. such a sweet guy. His might be more tame, but maybe not. Why do you guys do us a favor? Because Dave's not here right now in the studio with us. Ask some really in-depth questions to Dave and we'll make him feel super uncomfortable. I like the thought you of like that. that. Yeah, I'm really good <laughs> at with making Dave uncomfortable. All right, I'm up for it. Friday is going to be the Ask Us Anything special here on After 9. Let's get to a couple of different things. Uh, the public inquiry, I'm so glued to this thing all day long. And at first, it was weird. I thought the CBC was trying to pull a scam because the CBC carries the January 6th hearings from America nonstop. It is so much coverage on those January 6th hearings on CBC. But they were not carrying much of the Freedom Convoy, the Emergencies Act inquiry until now. Now mm. they've really stepped up their game. Okay, well, uh, so what's happened here? Give Brian Lilly at the Toronto Sun credit for that because he really called them out on it. And I think they realized, oh boy, we look at more partisan than we are, if that's even possible. But uh, yesterday, the mayor of Ottawa, 
was there, Jim Watson. And one of the things that came out of this that was particularly interesting was a conversation he had with the prime minister. He was frustrated that the province wasn't coming to the table. He wanted the feds, the province, and the city all there figuring out who was going to do what. And Doug Ford said, no, we're not going to get anything done here trying to figure out this, that, and the other thing. The police are available. You're in charge of the Ottawa police. Go ahead and deal with the situation. Doug didn't see any point in going to this. Well, Jim Watson, who's a fierce partisan, by the way, for those who don't know, he is a very, very liberal mayor in Ottawa. He and the prime minister were on the phone on February the 8th, and a transcript from that conversation has a quote from the prime minister. Doug Ford is hiding from his responsibility for political reasons. Hmm. All right. Okay. That, that's an interesting take, Justin, because... I remember thinking that myself. I remember that being the narrative last February when there was anecdotal information that the province wasn't really active in all this. They had their own emergency orders in place. They were trying to clear the bridge in Windsor. They basically left Ottawa to the Ottawa police, the parliamentary police, and the RCMP with the OPP available on standby. Yesterday, the mayor also accused the former Solicitor General, Sylvia Jones, now the health minister, of being disingenuous. Well, that's a nice way of saying she's a liar over the number of provincial police officers that Jones said were available to help out with the Ottawa situation. He also brought up the word shame. He wanted to go all in as the mayor of Ottawa on trying to shame the province hmm. into coming to the table. It's, it's far too political for the situation that we were dealing with. I would have thought job one is let's just get this dealt with. And it should have been dealt with. I mean, some have made the, the, the point that this is really a bylaw issue. Issue some parking tickets and start towing vehicles that shouldn't be there. If there's any violence or any resistance, then we send in the actual police. Okay, that was one way to do it. There, there's a lot of different ways they could have handled it, but they let it go so long, and the evidence that's been coming out for the last few days has all pointed to this. They left it so long that it got so out of control, they didn't know what to do. And still to come, we're going to find out about Chief slowly. Is that what's happening today? Like what's on the, what's on the docket today? If it, you will. It's more municipal stuff, okay. but I do want to get to the point where we can hear from chief slowly. You'll remember he was the one who said at the beginning, there may not be a policing solution for this pointing to maybe there should have been some political work behind the scenes, i.e. engaging with the protesters, hearing them out, cutting a deal, that sort of thing. Well, he stepped down shortly after that, and then they had to bring in an interim chief to basically run the operation. So as this goes on, we're going to hear more and more about what went on behind the scenes there. So far, I'm pretty impressed at the candidness. But not lost on me here is during COVID, Doug Ford and Justin Trudeau, they got close. They speak very highly of each other. They seem to be friendly outside of the context of work. And for Trudeau... On a private phone call with the mayor of Ottawa to make an accusation like Doug is hiding from his responsibility for political reasons, that doesn't seem like something a friend would say about a friend. Right. So you think this is the start of something getting really bad between them? I don't know if it or will or not because Doug is very good at taking the high road lately. Sometimes he doesn't even want to engage. Does he surprise you lately, actually? He's different. 
he's not the same Doug. And and I loved the original Doug. And then we had whatever that was during COVID. And then he changed and pivoted. And, and you know, I do agree with him on, on things like, yeah, we've got to keep the schools open and things like that. But when it comes to stuff like this, I don't understand why he's not testifying. And I'll be shocked if he doesn't come out and, and have a pretty scathing response for the federal government and the government of Ottawa. Well, let me just ask you this, because you've been with him in person many times, pre-COVID, pre-Doug, um, fuck you, Doug, on the podcast, right? <laughs> I'm actually going to see him tonight. Okay, and he's back at an event tonight. So tell me if there was a difference in person. If you don't, you know what? Here's an ask anything, a little a little sneak peek. Was there, Did you find a difference with him in person? Because I actually haven't seen him since pre-COVID, Um so could you tell us if he does seem different in that way or does he seem like the same guy personably, like the exact same guy we've had a conversation with so many times in the past? He's, uh, this is just in my limited experience with him recently. He seems a lot more guarded. He's a lot more suspicious of who's around and what their intentions are. So for example, uh, him and I were, were standing at the podium and I was getting ready to introduce him and the crowd was ready for him. And, and that was great. He's all smiles and he is full blown politician mode. Now, privately, when we had a moment after that, we were reminiscing a little bit about the old days in Etobicoke where the, the old radio station was and, and Doug used to drop by him and Rob Ford used to come by and, and we, we reminisced about that. But then, boom, it was almost like he caught himself like, oh, nope, I got to stay on as as Premier Doug here. I can't get back to the the casual days. And he doesn't seem to be casual at all anymore. It seems like it's all business, particularly when he's out with a crowd. But when he talks to people, he still seems like the same Doug. If you go up to him and say, hey, listen, it's kind of bullshit that we're handing out uh, speeding tickets for five kilometers an hour over the limit. He's still the kind of guy who will be like, okay, here's my cell number. Text me the details and I'll look into it. And I do believe he looks into it. I don't think he's lost touch in that way, but he's very guarded when there's media people around, myself included. Okay, interesting. So if he doesn't respond to Trudeau saying that, I, I maybe they're tighter than I thought. Maybe he's a he's taken the high road and he wants to let Justin just look like a two face. I don't know. Either way, uh, Doug has a side of the story to tell, and that well, makes it even more suspicious uh, that he's not been called to testify. And I wish we just—I know this is such a stupid thing to say because we're talking about politicians, but can't we just like? I just want honesty. I mean, we're not going to get it though. Like the shitty part is, I don't think we're ever going to get full transparency, full transparency from all sides here because it is going to be a bit of a he said he said scenario, perhaps, right? Yep. But man, I just wish we had that honest that honesty, and I don't think we're going to get it. I really don't. Couple other things here. The uh, hey, we could be setting up for a uh, freedom convoy part two. Hmm. The Public Health Agency of Canada is really, really quickly ramping up for another COVID season. It's like they'd been off for the entire summer and then they got to scramble before Labor Day weekend. Well, here we are, right at the the height of respiratory season. It's about to begin. And yesterday, Dr. Teresa Tam was speaking to a Commons Health Committee, and she said. They're preparing for a worst-case scenario. Tam said yesterday that the broad population immunity has put pressure on the virus to find advantages. She says several subvariants of Omicron have now begun to develop identical mutations, a phenomenon known as evolutionary convergence. She says her department is preparing for a worst-case scenario, which would be variants that can evade immunity. 
I'd like to talk to Dr. Tam about immunity, to be perfectly honest with you. I'd like to ask her a few questions about immunity. Does she mean vaccine immunity? And does this mean the immunity that you have that's real good at the start or the immunity that you have after like four weeks when it's completely started to wane? Does she mean natural immunity from having previous infections? Or is all of that out the window? We're all completely defenseless against whatever variant it is that she's trying to peddle. Hmm. Why does she not take questions? I mean, interview style questions where we can ask follow-ups. Why is everything in a committee or a news conference? I don't understand why Dr. Tam won't sit right here. Yeah. Hey, hey, Teresa, why don't you come sit right here and answer a few questions from us? I'd love to know if that's been offered, though. Um, where are we at, CBC? Where are we at, CTV? Uh, Global even. Hey, that's our company. I guarantee you they've all... I, I just assume, sorry, let me rephrase that. I assume that she has been asked before, but it's probably also a lot of pressure. But doesn't that kind of come with the job, right? Well, she doesn't want to say the wrong thing. It comes with the job. Yeah. It does come with the job. She's the chief medical officer of health. And if she's going to flirt bullshit like that out there, like we're preparing for the worst case scenario. And, and just the other day, Trudeau, again, go get vaccinated because we don't want to have to bring back any of the restrictions. Bullshit. You already know what you want to do. You already probably have a strategy about how you're going to do it. And maybe it is in the cards that you guys are going to bring back restrictions. Maybe you truly are doing everything you can to avoid it. I just don't believe that. Hmm. And it would be nice if we could have these people sit down with one reporter, maybe two, and answer questions with follow-ups where we can ask specifics. You can't just go and spread this shit everywhere about sub-variants that, are, that evade immunity and not answer any questions about that. What does that mean? What? Because because they, by the way, sorry to interrupt, because you just made me realize they're the ones that make that, that kind of bold and underline it too and make this a very important thing to say, don't they? But then we can't ask follow-up questions on it. So if it is that important, don't we need to know all the details? Hey, listen, we all assumed that this was going to be a rough fall. We all assumed that COVID would come back in the fall, plus we would have the flu again. And there's other shit going around like crazy. Plus the sure. colds and yeah. the nasal infections and all that sort of shit. Absolutely. We knew that. yeah. And, and is that going to put catastrophic stress on our healthcare system? I don't know. Summer put catastrophic stress on our healthcare system, but we also had a lot of people off and we've got a lot of well-paid hospital CEOs that apparently are not very good at their job, which is scheduling and making sure the hospital is well-staffed. So I don't know where she gets off throwing out shit like this and then just leaving or what we're supposed to do in the meantime. I don't know if we're sitting here just waiting for the inevitable. They know that they're going to bring back passports and mandatory masking and shut shit down. If that's the case, just tell us now. This is the way it's going to go. If it gets to X, then Y will be the result. Or if it gets to, uh, uh, if it's not nearly as bad as we think it's going to be, then yeah, you don't have to worry about anything. Mm -hmm. Just give us a clear sense of what the direction is. And the same applies to the province because let's keep track of the fact that a lot of the closures that we experienced over the last two years did come down at the provincial level. So I'd also like to hear this from our health minister, Sylvia Jones, who has been on just a minute amount of news conferences compared to Christine Elliott when she was in charge of the healthcare system only a few months ago. The inflation rates came out this morning and lo and behold, it's uh, worse than we thought. What? RBC was predicting the inflation to commit at 6.7% for last month. It came in at 6.9. And the reason I want to highlight that is this. The Bank of Canada is going to come out next week and they're going to raise interest rates again, probably at least a half point, 
maybe another three quarters of a point. They've been saying all along the whole point of raising these interest rates is to tamp down inflation. We've all heard them say it many times. Mm -hmm. That fucker Tiff Macklem, who does not know what he's doing, comes out and, well, we got to fight the inflation. Got to fight it. So we got to raise interest rates. And that's an old school method of looking at inflation. He's not even using the right remedy for this type of inflation because this is Jugmeet Singh is right. This is more greedflation than anything else. It's not traditional inflation. Greedflation? Is that what he called it? Yeah. <laughs> Tiff is trying to, to fight greedflation with a typical inflation recipe, which would be a hike to interest rates. Not six of them in one year, you asshole. And by the way, the first five did not work. Tiff, look in the mirror, you dumb shit. Look in the mirror and think about all the hardship you're causing the middle class right now and ask yourself, well, is it, a, is it working? Are interest rates uh, going up, bringing inflation down? No. It's been months. You've raised interest rates five times. You're about to raise them a sixth time. And so far, inflation is still going up. So your remedy is not working. You're stealing money out of hardworking people's pockets and you're putting it in the pockets of wealthy bankers because mm -hmm. that's who benefits with higher interest rates is the banks. By the way, do you know who hired Tiff Macklem? The fucking banks did. Mm. None of us should be surprised at this. So sketchy. I'm so sketchy. We are treating this. Is it this sketchy? All, I mean. <laughs> well, it is super sketchy. You know, I mean, I think so. I think I can use that word. Well, listen, we, we talk about inflation and, and yes, of course, we've got to get that under control. We could probably do that with the stroke of a pen and a smart person in, in the House of Commons. That's what we need. We don't need Tiff Macklem out here raising interest rates, trying to tamp down inflation when that's not even the source of inflation. Right. Tiff should step down. Tiff, you should quit. You're not very good at your job. I don't think he listens. I don't think he listens clearly because I think you said that about 572 times since, since the start of this year. Oh, it's funny. Every time I shit on Tiff Macklem, which he deserves, by the way, I get so many DMs from people that are like, yeah, fuck him. He deserves it. He really does. And again, who names their child Tiff? It's a good, great question. Oh, no shit. Not uh, that that was really his fault. I, I suppose it was bestowed upon him. Maybe even his parents didn't like him. I don't know anybody that does, except <laughs> for the bankers that he's making very rich right you now. You think he came out and his mom went, oh, fuck that guy. Ew, look at this <laughs> shithead. Call him Tiff. <laughs> um, we were talking this morning on our radio show, and we're going to talk about it tonight on our evening radio show as well about the announcement from the grocery stores. And it started with Loblaw coming in like Moses off the mountain. Look at us, Galen Weston with a halo around his I'm head. I'm here to save you all. I'm here to save you from inflation. I'm going to, I just raised the prices, but I'm going to freeze them right here till after Christmas on the no-name PC brand. All right, people shit all over them, including us, because it seemed very disingenuous. And we all know that there is uh, a, a lot of wiggle room in the profit margin that they've created. Is this as low as they can go and they're truly trying to keep prices down and help out the middle class? No, 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 no. Let's, I, let's I, not confuse I that. I hate the spin on it I because I didn't know about this, okay? I've never worked in a grocery store, but apparently anyone who's worked in a grocery store knew that there's a spin on this in that a price freeze always goes down between November 1st and February 5th, I believe, um, is what we're hearing. That's That happens across the board and everybody kind of agrees to it. So then we're hearing from Galen over here on this side claiming he's doing us all a favor, guys. Don't worry. We're going to freeze this. A, 
you do it already on a yearly. B, you already know that you're, I got to be careful here, okay? But you are, your prices are already quite inflated as it is. And they have been inflating as the months and the weeks go on. There's a, there's a few issues. And, and look, I, I'm a PC financial girl. I've got the credit card. I go to uh, Loblaws stores. I have been that person. And I've been a fan of the PC products for a long time. Um, and I have a family of four to feed. So I'm noticing all of these changes. I know other people are noticing. But to to try to spin it in that this is a kind of thing that we're doing from the bottom of our hearts. And then you got Metro over here saying... Uh, that that's not really the case kind of pisses me off to be honest with you. Don't make us look like idiots or don't try to, I don't know, treat us like dummies. They are treating I us don't, like dummies. Like, I, I, I just so, I disrespect companies that do that so much, Scott. I have so much disrespect for companies that come out and try to spin things in that way. And look, we all have an option. We know we have an option now, knowing this information. Do you choose to continue purchasing your groceries from this location or the next. It sucks across the board. We know that there's inflation. But my goodness, that just really drives me crazy. And I hope that we get a response. I would love to hear from Galen Weston on this. Come back at us. After Metro said that this price freeze happens every single year, come back at me and tell me what good you're doing. And while you're at it, think about other things you could be doing in your store. Because let me tell you, one of the things that drives me absolutely crazy about shopping in those stores. They're the worst culprit. I know they're not the only grocery chain that does it, okay? But if we're talking about Loblaws, let's talk about your two for deals. These two for $10. But buy one package, you single asshole, and you're paying $6.79. But if you buy two, it's only five bucks each, Scott. That shit drives me crazy, and I do have a family to feed. Well, you're lucky that you've got a family of four. As me, just shopping for two people, I get screwed all the time. And I feel like it's too much food as well, even for the family of four, Scott. Like, some of the stuff that they're selling, especially the stuff that expires, I suppose one could argue the canned good three for whatever deals or the canned good two for something deals, maybe that's a good deal for everyone. The frozen foods, I'll even put them in that category. But when you're trying to sell anything in the produce area or, or condiments that do expire, and you're trying to force people to spend more money in that moment, it's sometimes not a good deal, Galen. Sometimes people live paycheck to paycheck, which means they don't have that extra $5 to spend just so they don't feel like an asshole spending $6.79 instead of $5 a package, which is what you're forcing families to feel like. It's a real big problem. It's huge. Uh, People have been getting... I'm really glad you brought this up because this has bugged me since the beginning of the pandemic. We were handing out all those benefits and incentives. And how many times did Doug come out on the TV or Justin come out and, hey, we're we're sending more support to families. And, hey, now families are getting checked for 350 bucks. And here's 500 bucks to go buy a fucking iPad. Here's money for this and money for that. Yeah, oh, it it, it seems like there's a new announcement every week. It only ever went to people, like in your situation, Kat, if you had kids, regular people, Got nothing. I I have kids. They just happen to be a little too old for me to qualify for any of those I, benefits. It always made me feel bad almost, honestly. I saw you getting all these checks in <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, she's doing pretty well in life. I don't know if she needs this money, but she's getting it and she's entitled to it. So good on her. I didn't get a single thing during COVID. Not a single check. And and it's just my income. You in that that nuclear family there with two adults and two kids, you've got two incomes. And, and granted, your expenses are higher, but that qualified you for all those incentives and benefits that went out. Single people never got anything. No. Parents no. with older kids, they never got anything. People that haven't had kids yet, but will, 
They never got anything. It was only targeted at a specific voting block that those incentives went out to. So a lot of people got left behind in COVID. And it's the same same thing that's happening in the grocery stores. Those two-for-one deals, yeah. If you can sell it for five bucks, you should sell it for five bucks. Sell it and put it on sale. Not this, uh, it's six seventy nine if you want one, or you can have two for $10. That, that's bullshit. That what is this, mer- a fucking garage sale? Like, that's what pisses me off. I'm not at a goddamn flea market. I'm trying to provide for my family. Like, it just angers the shit out of me. It really does. I would love to be able to take advantage of that peanut butter special, but frankly, if I buy two jars of peanut butter, one of them's going to get completely thrown out because it would take me two years to eat two jars of peanut butter. That's just the way it is. And you're forced to spend more. Again, I wouldn't even put it in, don't flow want it too in your flyer thinking that you're a good person for putting you know strawberries two packs for six dollars or something like let's say that oh good but or you just pay 450 for one of them or something outrageous like first of all produce is going i don't know about you guys but i've noticed produce goes bad sooner too like maybe it's just maybe it's just me but i feel like i can't keep up with that and there's only so many things that you can freeze and preserve but on top of that regardless of, of of what you can and can't preserve and what families can do to try to portion things out fine again it's those single people or single uh parents that are just feeding a small child too you know, we, we are all on a budget right now, it seems like. I feel like we're all on a budget and we're all trying to cut costs. And then you see that and you feel like a dick. Like, here I am spending $7.50 on a product when I could buy two for 12. Nope, I'm going to have to buy it for seven bucks a piece. Wow, I feel pretty terrible and I feel like I'm wasting my money. It's just such a bad look. It really is. So while you're addressing this, and I hope you do, Galen Weston, I hope you also address What's going on in your stores? Because again, I know you're not the only one. So I'm going to say, I'm going to put that out there to everybody who sells food specifically. I'm not talking about fucking t-shirts. I'm not talking about any uh, thing that might be considered a luxury item. Don't give a shit about that. But I'm talking about stuff we need to feed our families. Address it. Change it. Justin Trudeau, along this vein. Let's keep talking about money because the Bank of Canada is going to hike those interest rates again next week. And this is based on the inflation report that came out today. And once again, they're wrong. And Tiff is screwing up. He's screwing people. They, uh, they aimed all those, those supports at a specific voting block. Families, young kids, blah, blah, blah. Four-year-olds got iPads. It's crazy. And then many people got absolutely zero mm-hmm. in the way of financial support mm-hmm. during COVID. And, and yesterday, again, Justin Trudeau came out and repeated that talking point that he's been using for years. We lifted two and a half million people out of poverty. If there's any reporters listening right now, ones that have access to the prime minister on his detail, and I know of at least one that does listen from time to time. So maybe you could ask this question. It's very straightforward for the prime minister. How much is poverty in Canada? How much do you need to make before Justin Trudeau thinks you're not impoverished? Because I know people that are making six figures. That's a good question. That cannot make ends meet. They are struggling. They're probably going to have to sell their house and probably have to sell it at a loss. They're probably going to have to downsize from uh, two cars for two adults to one car for two adults. They cannot make it work on six figures. So I'd like to know when Justin says we lifted all these people out of poverty. Are we talking people that were with benefits and disability incomes and this, that, and the other thing? They were bringing home about 20 grand a year and now they're bringing home 80? Or did you get them up to 30? Because Mr. Prime Minister, if you think 30 
is not impoverished, you're so disconnected from reality, mm -hmm. it's crazy. There are people that have very good incomes that are broke right now because of what's going on. And, and I know inflation takes the target most of the time. Yeah, the, the price is up 10 to 13% at the grocery store. It sucks. But the interest rates, that's really hurting a lot of people. And, and for them to keep speculating, I watch all these economists at, at RBC and, and Scotiabank. Oh, we're, we're pretty confident we're going to be in a recession in the first half of 2023. We're already in a recession. Stop it. It's a silent recession. The people all know it. The, the decision makers refuse to acknowledge it. And I think the reason everyone in the financial industry refuses to acknowledge it, and they can, they have to wait until they get the official numbers from StatsCan to see two negative quarters of growth. You don't need to, to do that. Ask any business owner. Do you think we're in a recession? Because their business is down. Ask homeowners or, or families. Hey, do you think we're in a recession? Abso-fucking-lutely. And we probably have been since June, if you want to be technical. We probably have been since then. And the reason is simple. The government has taken too much away from us. Too much. Sorry, I shouldn't say specifically the government. But between inflation, greedflation, the Bank of Canada and their interest rates, people don't have the same amount of money that they did even four, five, or six months ago. And on top of that, the value of their home has devalued so much that they can't even pull off the savings. They can't even dip into those or pull some equity out of the house because God only knows how much lower this housing market's going to go. All intentionally started by these guys. And it goes back to a point that you've made many, 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 many times. And then a lot of these people who make these decisions, who choose to do these things or think they're bringing out great incentives for everybody, don't know what the real world is like, right? They How many no times idea. have you said that? Justin Trudeau has been wealthy since he was born. Wealthy. When he travels on that private jet, that's nothing new to him. He's been doing that his entire life. When he has dinner with the queen or the king at Buckingham Palace, it's not the first time he's done it. He did it when he was a kid, when his dad was the prime minister. He can't relate. If Justin Trudeau, and I'm going to guess that if we put him on the spot and made him or Christian Freeland say a number, how much do you think is the amount of money you need to make to not be impoverished in Canada, to have a, a living wage or a, a living set of assets that you can live in Ontario, Canada, how much? I have a feeling they're going to come back and say it's going to be somewhere between thirty-five dollars and $45,000 a year. Impossible. Cannot be done. You cannot have a home and live in the GTA on $45,000 a year. It simply cannot be done. Think about your, your rent or your mortgage, your insurance, car payment if you've got one, your phone, your basic cable, or your Netflix or whatever, maybe you're making it buy on $9.99 a month, do all that, plus add in your grocery costs, add in your, your Metro Pass, add in your, your Go Pass, add in the shit that you absolutely need to get by. It cannot be done for mm -hmm. what they say is, because if you're not poor and you're not rich, you're middle class. I think they think the middle class, anybody making around 45 grand a year is middle class. That's not true anymore. It's not. Everything has shifted. You need to make big money to be able to afford to live here now. And to go back to what we were saying about like, to make it clear, I don't care actually if someone's leading and they're rich, that doesn't bother me. What I think is important is all of them should have to go through a test. 
Before you try to come here and lead and pretend to know what it's like, you have to go through the motions of that. We need you to live on X budget. So, nope, you actually don't have a million dollars in the bank. We're going to get rid of that for a sec. We want you to live on this and want you to feed your family on this. And we want you to live in an average house and, and pay those bills. I feel like there's, and I know that's like so outrageous and would never be done, but man, I'd like to live in a world like that because there are some leaders that are rich that do it, that do it okay. They do it right for the most part. I mean, nobody's perfect, but I think that you should have to go through those motions and feel those feelings because until you feel those feelings and you can't relate to them and you, then, then you don't, you ignore them. You tend to ignore them or just think you're doing the right thing when you're not. Pop quiz. Who do you think is someone that's wealthy that truly relates to people that are not? Because it's, okay. it's sure as shit not T- Justin Trudeau or well, Tiff. That's Macklin. the thing is when, when you, you're talking politicians specifically or any anybody with power. Anybody with power or influence who's wealthy that truly understands what it's like to live the life of someone who's bringing home 50 grand a year or who has a combined household income of even 70 or 80 grand a year because even that's not enough anymore. Well, I think there are some modest people. Like there are some people who will live in those means. And I know nobody likes Mark Zuckerberg that much, but even Mark Zuckerberg, for example, still lives in a pretty modest house with his wife. He didn't see a need to buy like a ginormous compound, like a Kim Kardashian style place. He could, we all know that he could buy seven of them, but he didn't. Elon Musk is another one of those people. Sometimes he, sometimes he like mooches on people's couches and shit like that. Now I know, again, those are, those are people that are, business leaders, basically, and not necessarily politicians, but something like that, I'll actually respect those people more, even if it's a position of power, regardless. And anyone in a position of power or who has the ability to employ people or help people should at least have an idea or a grasp at the least on what that's like. Okay, we will move on from this. There is one more thing I want to cover in this episode, and that is royalty. I'm starting to think that Meghan Markle is actually not a smart person. And the reason I say what? that- What do you mean? The, the reason I say that is this. Meghan Markle, when, when all that shit went down with the palace, her and Harry were over in the UK and she felt trapped and she wanted to come back to America and, and Harry said, okay, fine, I'll go with you with the kids and, and we'll leave this royal life. And Meghan revealed that she didn't fully understand what she was getting into here. I mean, she knew that Harry's grandma was the queen of England, but she didn't think she was like a real queen. It was just like was a title. Was that really what she said? I never heard her say that. She never understood what it was like okay. to be a royal, even though the entire experience is well documented from, from the queen herself to Diana to Harry and, and, and uh, William could very easily have filled her in. Kate could have told her what life's like. She had all those servants at the palace that were telling her this and that. And, and she, she claims... When she left, she didn't know it was going to be like that. Right. Well, okay. So a couple things on that. Number one, Megan is also American. And actually here in Canada, because we are uh, a part of the Commonwealth, we tend to know a little bit more and see a little bit more and maybe hear a little bit more, arguably, arguably, than an American would. Maybe what she means by those things is more along the lines of, I didn't realize how my life would literally blow up. Like she thought, okay, I'm dating Prince Harry. I'm going to be in the public eye more so than I am now as an actress on Suits and I used to be on Deal or No Deal. People are going to know my name. I might be a t- I might be a target in the tabloids, maybe. Could it just be that? Like, I think she knew, but she didn't realize she was also receiving threats, um, sometimes racist uh, comments, um, and, and, and anything and everything in between. Maybe she didn't realize it would blow up to that extent. 
And also the fact that they basically got married and then left and then even more shit came out. And then her life personally kind of imploded too because she had that shit going on with her dad and her and her sister or stepsister, whoever it is. Remember when she came out of nowhere saying all this shit about her? Maybe it was more so she didn't realize the impact that it would have on her generally. Not just necessarily that she didn't realize that she was marrying a prince. I think she knew that. But nonetheless, she is in the news today because she is talking about her old life, her past life, when she was just trying to make it in the acting world. And one of the jobs she had, she had to take, I think that a lot of people would be very excited in this moment to take it. Yeah, well, a lot of people wanted yeah. the job she had and is now shitting on. <laughs> well, so the year was 2006. And for those who don't know, I think everybody does at this point. But Meghan Markle was one of the briefcase girls on Deal or No Deal. And she was only a part of one season of the show, I believe. And now she's talking, thinking back about kind of, I don't even want to put words in her mouth because I don't think she used the word toxic, but um, how that environment kind of changed her and made her want to quit. And it was the reason that she did quit. Here's a little bit of Meghan Markle. This is from her podcast, uh, talking about Deal or No Deal. I was thankful for the job, but not for how it made me feel. I didn't like feeling forced to be all looks and little substance. Sounds like she's reading this, by the way. This sounds like something that either she wrote or somebody wrote for her. And here's the touch points that you're going to do. You're going to say it like this. You're going to read it like this. And this is the kind of empathy and compassion we expect from the audience. I think it was actually, yeah. And that's how it felt for me at the time, being reduced to this specific archetype. The word Sounds like she's reading her own audiobook. to be honest with you. Word bimbo. It was solely about beauty and not necessarily about brains. I was surrounded by smart women on that stage with me, but that wasn't the focus of why we were there. And I would end up leaving with this pit in my stomach, knowing that I was so much more than what was being objectified. I... Yeah. Okay, and, and that, but she look, also knew it when she went into that show. And and I think that we're right in a couple of things for sure. That yes, there was a lineup out the door, no doubt, to audition for this because at the time everyone was watching that show. Yeah, like, it was huge. Was, it was huge. It was humongous. And I think you were you were grateful. I don't. She doesn't mention. It's important that she, that we know that she doesn't mention anything about abuse on set necessarily because it was was it what it was. You walked in backstage and just to go, because I, I, I did listen into most of this podcast, her talking about deal or no deal. So she did mention that behind the scenes, what would happen is there would be different stations and you had to hit every single station. One would be, hey, let's take a look at your boobs. Do they look full enough? And they would pat her bra. And she says she was one of those targets of the bra padding every single time. We got to make these look bigger. Uh, there was a tan. Everybody got session free uh, tanning sessions. And if you were uncomfortable with that, that was right in the time where we realized, wait a minute, tanning beds aren't good for us. There was free spray tanning vouchers, but you were, you were using one. Like you were doing one of them for sure. And the other one is just the remarks before you went on stage, whether it was, oh, fix your hair uh, up. That looks weird. Or your makeup's all wrong. Go get it fixed or suck it in a little bit more or whatever. So all those things are bad. And she did stress, by the way, it was women behind the scenes that were doing this. But I think it's important to note that one of the reasons why she could be saying it, because it's one of the reasons why we look back on any of these things, is that we have probably evolved. If you were to do that show tomorrow, if they were to launch Deal or No Deal and Howie Mandel's like, I'll fucking do it because he'll do anything. Oh, sure. Including like commercials for Staples. He's like, I'm in, man. I'm doing it for sure. Um, that's great. You know, it wouldn't look the same. It wouldn't look the same with with or without Meghan Markle. Do you agree? Or do you agree with me? I don't think it would look the same anyway, because I think at this point they realize even from 2006, how much has changed to the point where they would not have just 
you know, thin, very attractive women holding these briefcases. I feel like they would expand a little bit more into perhaps male and female. Or maybe it's not just that. Maybe it's male, female, different shapes and sizes. I really do think so. Maybe they should just replace people altogether. Or they could replace people. Why don't you do robots? Yeah, listen, Deal or No Deal was appealing to a lot of people because there was the game show aspect of it. There was the the suspense of will they or won't they win the million dollars or $10 million or whatever it was. I remember back at the time, it was a lot of money. <coughs> Sorry. Part of the reason that that this show stood out, though, was they had these beautiful briefcase models. And and they did have some personality. Occasionally, they would talk to you and wish you luck, and some of them were allowed to talk, and, and that's fine. That's good. That was just the model for a show. You've got good-looking people cheering on somebody, a regular person, who's about to win a life-changing amount of money. And I assume at the time... Megan looked like she was having a good time. She went along with it. She took the check, and, and, and that's good. And she, does, and she does admit to that, to be fair. She so, says, I needed the money. I was grateful for paying my bills with it, and I had a great health plan, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that's good. I don't know, though, that, yes, by all means, things have changed for sure. It's been 16 years. It'd be crazy if things hadn't changed. So now we look at things through a slightly different lens. Although I don't think we necessarily need to throw out the baby with the bathwater here. Let's keep in mind that we're humans. We are attracted visually. I can look at a woman and think, wow, she's really attractive. Cat can look at a guy and say, there's a good-looking, attractive guy. We're turned on by that. And if you still follow the motto of sex sells, then it would make sense to do another show full of good-looking people. Now, will it be all women? Well, that depends what the target demographic is. I would assume that if they had 20 briefcase models that are all, all women that are tens, the target audience is men. But it wasn't for that show. It was actually families. Oddly enough, you're right. It, it's a strange one. Actually. So I don't know that we necessarily have to be afraid to redo that in this day and age. I would just ask you to ask yourself who you're speaking to. Because if I were a woman and saw 20 briefcase models out there with nothing intelligent to say other than, yay, go well, get them, then I don't know that I would be supportive of that either now. You make a good point because that's that's the important part to me as I look back. Because but when this was out, I was I was much younger and I like I I don't know, maybe I watched an episode or two and I didn't even I didn't think that deep on it. Yep. But now I think as I as I as I'm became a woman, um looking back on it. You're right. I mean, that's the point that, that should bother uh, that should bother anybody. It's not the fact that these are attractive women. Women like looking at attractive women too. Sure they do. Like, hey, fuck, that's a nice dress. You know, you know what I mean? Like, holy shit, those shoes are amazing. Wow, her hair's on point. Like, all those things, we can lift each other up and we could say, I don't mind looking at a bunch of attractive women. Mm -hmm. I have no problem with it all. But my problem lies in the way that they did it in that those women barely say a word. You're absolutely right. They Oh, they clap. When, oh, thank God. We opened zero. It's not zero. Yay. We know numbers. Like, it does make them look stupid, and it doesn't give them an opportunity to say a freaking word. I think they could say three, four words at most, and then the fact, tack that on, is that A, that, B, you had a male host, and C, the banker was also a male. You might remember. Did so, we ever see the banker? It was a male. The shadow was a male. Like, without a doubt, I think they used pronouns of he. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but from what I remember, and sometimes my my uh, mechanics office would actually play like replays of shows like that. And I, I remember watching one semi recently and I thought about that. I'm like, why the banker have to be a dude? You know what I mean? On top of that, the, the, on top of the fact that the host is a dude and then there's all these chicks. Maybe you know Tiff I mean? Macklem wants to do it. Maybe <laughs> don't do that. He's, well, actually, if he increases things then maybe he'll increase the prize amount too, right? Yeah. He, he tends to like that kind of shit.
But we've we've evolved is our point. Like, I don't look at that and be like, oh, ban that. Don't play replays. No, man, play the replays. That's fine. But I think we have kind of, we've kind of learned and we've outgrown it. I understand where she's coming from. I, I don't think she was trying to shit on it. But what I am curious about, Scott, is what does she have to say about suits? Mm. Oh, that'll be another one. I'm sure she'll use that for an episode on her pod. Hey, if, if she wants to come out and tell the story now or with hindsight, say, eh, yeah, that wasn't a great look, but I did need the money and stuff. I think that's kind of the way she's going with this. Okay. But when I hear the music and I hear that they scripted that and, and the drama in her read on that, it just makes me kind of feel like she's going for another woe is me moment. And it seems like everything that's happened since she married Harry has been a woe is me. She's living a very good life. But to be fair, there are people lined up waiting to hear her opinion. She has that following of people waiting for her to talk and inevitably release the book which will include chapters read just like she just read that. And I have no doubt it was a statement, which she usually does. I, should say, I shouldn't say usually because she's only put out a couple podcasts. Hello, we do it daily over here, Megan. It's not hard, Megan. Hello, Megan. No, I'm just kidding. But she's very busy. But her podcast usually starts with like statements and thoughts um, recently, and they could be about anything. And then she brings on guests. And that's where Paris Hilton comes into play because Paris Hilton is a guest on this particular one too. Hmm. She's got an eclectic group of friends that Paris Hilton. Yep. Like, I could imagine the conversations with Britney Spears would be much different than Meghan Markle. Well, I mean, Paris is a smart woman, and she's made a ton of money over the years. Absolutely. Aside from her family fortune, she, too, is a good businesswoman. I had lunch with her once. Mm-hmm. It was great. When she was in Toronto? Super smart girl yeah. and, and good business sense. So I'm not surprised that she's rolling with another very wealthy, sure. savvy business person in Meghan Markle. Uh, Britney is also, a, she's a business she is just... When do- she gets on track. I mean, I'm still waiting for Brittany Brit- to figure out Brittany here. And it's, it's interesting watching her come to be herself. It's very much so. I hope she figures it out. Suits is the reason that Harry and Meghan know each other. That's what brought her to Toronto. That's when the Mulroonies introduced yeah, Harry right. to Meghan. Yeah, I don't... And if I don't, she turns around and shits mm-hmm. on Suits, I'm going to have a serious issue with that. I don't believe she'll have any regrets because if I'm not mistaken, when she announced that she was leaving Suits... Sorry, spoiler, if you're just watching the show now and trying to binge it. But when she does inevitably leave and she leaves the show with, oh, what's his name? Oh, no, I feel bad because he's such a good actor. When she does leave the show with who her character is married to. You talking Mike or Harvey? Mike. Mike. Mike's the one she's married to, right? Harvey's the other guy. Harvey is the lawyer. Yeah. Uh, Mike Mike is the one she married. Is it? I don't know. It's been a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, great. So, so they left the show at the same time and... He even said, they're friends. They're friends still. I don't know if they talk a lot, but they're still friends to this day. And she had nothing, at least at last check, she had nothing bad to say because she even addressed her time on suits. And she's talked about it, I think, in her podcast before, never saying anything negative. I I don't think that that was ever a negative time for her. But hey, who knows? Maybe she'll tell us some behind the scenes stuff that's going to be like really interesting. I'm not sure. Okay, we got to wrap it up here for today, guys. Don't forget the Ask Us Anything DMs are open. If there's a question you want answered, Send it to us. We'll have a brand new episode out tomorrow. Send it to Scott. My DMs are like crazy right now. So at Scott Fox on air, send them to Scott. I got to go through my filtered messages because I see there's messages in there, but I never think to check them. It really should do a better job at telling you, hey, you've got messages sitting here that we think are spam. It's probably worth a mention to you guys once again that if you do message us and we don't respond, sometimes... It really is because we don't see them because they will fill Instagram for some reason decides who we should be talking to and who we shouldn't, which is stupid. And then they put you in like a request folder. Twitter does the same, by the way. If you go on the desk, I find if you go on the desktop, that's when you figure it out. 
but anyway, if, if, if that's the case, I promise we will eventually come back to them and we apologize if there's any delay. Either way, we're sifting through all of it. I would say go to uh, one of our stations. So 915 The Beat. It's already up on our Facebook page and on our Instagram. Go ahead and put it in there. Put your question in there. And then on uh, 931 Fresh Radio is our Instagram account as well. Because we're on in Barrie, if you didn't know. Our show is on this evening from 6 to 9. Have yourselves a great hump day and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.